0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo. here with you on a Thursday morning. We are glad to be with you. Appreciate you guys tuning in, be it at supertalk.fm or wherever you get your podcast, even if they're on the Android. We, we got you taken care of there as we had one of our listeners asking about. Uh, earlier today, or maybe a new listener. I'm not sure. He, he was saying he needed to find this podcast. So hopefully, sir, you have found us and you are listening and we welcome you to our to our family.
1: That's right. And if you're a new listener, mm-hmm. feel free to drop by the, uh, the the review station there on your podcast device. Uh, I assume you can do it on other devices, but I know on the Apple iTunes Store you can go and drop us a five-star, five-star review and uh, free, to, free to make fun of us, free to do whatever. In fact, whether you're someone that... Like this here fellow that dropped by to say that Brian needs a stronger co-host. Joel is a goody-goody fence rider that does not bring a strong take to the program. Uh, He makes fun of the woo. He says it sounds like Mayberry has a podcaster, but he left us five stars. Five stars. Don't care. And then two two reviews later said, Uh, "I love the woo." I say it along with Joel every podcast. There you go. So whether you want to love that review, oh, that was absolutely a five Five star. star. So whether you love us, whether you love me, whether you love Brian, whether you hate us both. We want you to like us. Yeah. But as long as you drop by and give us a do we, do five we, star.
0: Do I want to we'll be, be liked? A... Do I need to be liked? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I would say? I would say like it or don't like it. To learn to love, love it because it, it's the best thing, thing going. going. Strange Brew house and Turn and Spoon Ice Cream, also one of the best things going. Don't miss out on all the great pumpkin spice stuff that's happening right now. I went in there last night to get my gift card. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. And, uh. You have to show your ID to prove you are who you are. I just said, I'm Brian Haydad. And the guy was like, Yes, sir. We'll take care of that for you. No, I did not show my ID. He asked, What's your name? And he found it. So, Uh, again, thanks for that. Uh, But yeah, place smelled like the holidays, smelled like Halloween up in there. All the pumpkin spice things that were happening, so check them out. And of course, I got that great counter too. If you, it, they're they're a one stop shop for breakfast because they got you take care of with some pastries, some muffins, some uh, you know they got the breakfast muffins, they got the meat in them. So it's you're not just going sweets if you want to go that. Some way. Some of those pastries go quick, man. They'll show you, they'll oh, put yeah. some on
1: Instagram or something. You'll get over there and they're gone. They're gone. Yeah, <laughs> they're like we baked one
0: tray. Good luck. So I like I like getting one if I really want to have a treat, and I, I want to get one of these. I don't. I'm never going to meet Nick Saban, but I would love to take him one of their homemade oatmeal cream pies. Those big, thick yeah, oatmeal big cream pies. He would probably lose it. That's too big for my hand. He's <laughs> tiny. All right. Uh, today's show, we will talk baseball a little later in the show. MSU's baseball schedule has come out, and it is a heck of a, a schedule. I'm so ready for baseball. I don't think you're the baseball. only MSU person ready for baseball right now. <laughs> I'd
1: be ready for baseball if football was 6-0. and so.
0: I know. But uh, we will start with LSU. Here's what's going to happen today. And we're going to talk to Brooks Cabina from The Advocate just a little bit. Joel, you have to take that, that Braves hat off. We're going to have to put on an MSU visor. You and I are going in the coaching booth today. We are going to figure this out. We're going to figure out the game plan to beat LSU. We're going to do it. We're not leaving here until we've got it done. Okay. We're going to be here a long time. Uh, what's the first thing – before anything else, what your gut tells you, what's the first thing we have to do defensively to, to slow down this incredible LSU offense?
1: Make sure the entire LSU offense catches a raging case of diarrhea before the game
0: and they're not able to take the – I don't know like it, <laughs> We're, we're going. We put a little extra hot sauce in the gumbo <laughs> before they head up here. Uh, a bad batch of crawfish balls is happening. Yeah. Okay.
1: Defensively, to me, LSU is most likely going to have receivers running wide open down the field. They 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 have just routes that I don't think State's going to be able to cover and everything. I think that the only State's prayer here is to just friggin. Bring the house and bring all kinds of pressure to Joe Burrow, and just hope he makes a mistake. To me, I, I know that sounds incredibly simple, and if Bob Shute was sitting here, he might look at me and say, "You dummy, that may happen. But to me, the only prayer here is to make Joe Burrow make a mistake. More than one mistake, bunch of mistakes. Then, perhaps, perhaps you get an overthrow and a pick. Perhaps you get to him and blindside him and get a fumble. You know, perhaps, you, you just create so much pressure that he's not comfortable and he you know has a couple of incompletions and then you stuff a run play and then they punt but to me it all centers on defensively however they need to draw it up whether it's you know safety blitzes or bl- corner blitzes or whatever you got to do you have to make Joe Burrow make mistakes and to me that's the only route here that they could have any success
0: I tell you, when you say that, though, all I can think of is Florida and their incredible defense, their defensive line. Now, granted, they had some injury issues, but they're still very, very good defensively. Todd Grantham, as good as they come, no sacks. I know.
1: I know. I don't think that it. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that can happen. Don't don't misunderstand me. But you're asking me, ideally, what has to happen? That has. If you have the same kind of success or lack thereof getting to Joe Burrow that Florida did, you don't touch Joe Burrow. You don't make him uncomfortable. You and I are sitting here on Monday, and we're talking about just a, annihilation, I think. I mean, we may be doing that anyway. Yeah, But, but uh, I, I, I don't – I mean, do you have another plot in your mind that you think makes more sense than just no. –
0: No. No, I would I would sell out. I mean, you're yeah. n- you can't cover them anyway. I'm bringing <laughs> six or seven – I mean, just, just get after it. Play the forty six defense basically. Just <laughs> to me, guys are going to be open no matter what. You might as well make it uncomfortable for them. To me, it's a little bit of the equivalent
1: of if you have a basketball team. I, I say this in high school a lot when I when I cover some high school basketball teams that just aren't really good. Like sometimes I think just fire up a bunch of threes. Why not? Yeah. I mean, maybe you hit some and. Hang around in the game. Well, I mean, and I think, think about what Jeremy kind of Pruitt said about
0: Alabama. He said, "You know, maybe I should do like was it Pulaski Academy in Arkansas, where they they never kick, they never punt, they onside kick every time they score. They, you know, yeah, throw it, throw You know, sort of the same thing defensively here. Just blitz. You know, there's no reason to sit back and rush four. Nope. They will complete the pass. If State rushes four, you're not getting to
1: burrow. He's going to have all the time in the world, and he can just pick you apart.
0: Yeah, and he so, will." You've got to bring five, six, maybe seven, maybe eight. You know, just do the best you can because you've got to – and that also helps disrupt the running game too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, aggressiveness is definitely the way to go defensively. Let's let's turn the page where I think more concern is because for me –
1: I don't think there are high expectations defensively in this game.
0: Well, and I mentioned this in the interview that, you know, when you look at what Bo Nix did against uh, Mississippi State and then you look at what Bo Nix did against everybody else – and now you're looking at Joe Burrow. Yeah, that is not the reason to be optimistic. Nope. Uh, offensively, what, what's what's our game plan here?
1: <sighs> I, I'm going to sound like Joe Morehead here a little bit, probably, but stages has to be crisp. Like they have to make decisions, and they have to. Uh, they, they. I think it was Matt White that I heard or say something the other day that state kind of gets has gotten pushed around and if I'm crediting that to the wrong guy and if I'm putting words in your mouth Matt I apologize um but the reason state has looked kind of soft and gotten pushed around is because in a lot of instances they're like indecisive on some things and I, I just I hope state goes into this game with confidence and knowing what they're doing and and can just I, I don't know just execute I, I I think that you got to be you got to get Kylin outside a little more you can't do the whole first down we're running Kylin up the middle you know you're going to throw a couple incomplete passes and we're going to punt you just you got to be a little more creative than that i think having schrader out there helps with that i think having schrader out there will, will allow the offense to to have at least a little more you know variability to it uh i i i feel like that you know, Vandy put points on, on, on LSU's defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida put points on LSU's defense. I feel like there are going to be opportunities there for this offense to to score. I I just don't know. I mean, with Delpit and some of those other guys in the LSU secondary, I don't know that throwing the ball is going to be the safest route to do that. I think you need the legs of Kylan and Schrader to, to somehow be the, the driving focus of this offense this week.
0: I don't disagree with you on this one either, because when you look at last season and and how that game went, state had some success running the football, especially early in the game. Um, they just it was that was a very typical of last year. It was they they threw the ball way too much. They, you know, they 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 wouldn't put the ball into Kylan Hill and to uh what's sort the of word I'm looking for? To Aris Williams' hands. They just they just could not – they just had a bad game plan in that game. I mean, you look at Fitzgerald rush for uh, – say basically averaged over five yards a carry. Fitzgerald rushed for 131 yards. But Kylan Hill only had eight carries, and Harris Williams only had six, and Fitzgerald and, had 23. And this
1: was the game, too, that Kylan got – he got his a little ding hand, up, his yeah.
0: But Harris Williams was having success, too. The problem is State goes eight for 24 passing for 59 yards and four yards. I, I could be wrong. Let me just, so just looking at it. Yeah, State actually outgained LSU in this game, which is an incredible statistic. And somebody pointed this out. I never really thought about it, but how many games do you see a team lose by double digits when they didn't give up 20 points?
1: Yeah, didn't yeah. have much.
0: My problem is this year, that 19 is going up. Oh, I don't, yeah. I don't know that that 3 is going up.
1: I I mean, I, if you made me guess, I think State gets to 10, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, We'll get your predictions. But, uh... Um, just a few the, the problem that we're running into here, I mean, it's a good topic. It's a good thing to discuss. Like, what is the route for State to win this game? The problem is we're basically sitting here plotting for how to avoid the asteroid that's headed towards our house. Like, what do you what do? You do? You, you, you just kind of have to tuck your head between your legs and, and hope you live kind of thing. And, and I feel like football-wise, that's kind of what's happening for Mississippi State this week. I, I honestly, Brian, do not – believe. I don't think state has a chance. Like, I think the chance of state winning this game, and I hope you can replay this on Monday and make fun of me, I think the chance of state winning this game is 0%. Bottom line, I don't think they have a prayer. Do do you think there is – I mean, I guess technically there's 60 minutes of football. In any game, you have at least, what, a 1% chance to win. I mean, I I guess technically that's the case. But if they played this game 100 times – I think state probably loses at least ninety nine of them.
0: Yeah, my my thought process on this goes like this: is that what was the odds of South Carolina beating Georgia? Now, Georgia has not been playing as well as LSU has been playing, but that I mean they were South Carolina was a bigger underdog going into that game than Mississippi State is going into this game, and they won on the road. So there's it's it's not zero. There's always a chance. But it has to be a chance where not only does everything go right for Mississippi State... Everything goes wrong for exactly. LSU. Exactly. You, you, if they, both teams play A-plus, State loses by about five touchdowns. If State plays A-plus and LSU plays C, LSU wins close. LSU has to play an F. they got to turn the ball over. they got to commit penalties. they got to do things they haven't done all year. If those things happen, sure. Sure, you can win the game. If not, no chance. So... And the chances
1: of that happening to me just don't seem very, very big. I mean, no. I, I, it could happen. <laughs> you know, going back to the Angels in the outfield, Walt Disney back in the day, the little, little guy, it could happen. Well, it could happen, but I I wouldn't have a lot of money on that happening. That's no, for sure. But, I would not. But, hey, you know what? They're going to tee it up on Saturday at 2.30, and they're going to kick the football off and – for at least a few minutes, everybody in the stadium can can have a moment of it's going to be zero zero. It's going to start there. Maybe, maybe something crazy happens early, and you build some momentum, and then second quarter starts, and 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 all of a sudden you're in the football game, and, and things change. But right now, looking at it, whew, yeah, it's as like we said the other day to me, it's as massive of a, a test in a non-Alabama game that I think State's faced in
0: years. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's uh, let's talk to uh, Brooks Cabina. He covers LSU for the Advocate and for NOLA News, a good friend of the show. Let's get to his interview right now. Let's talk about LSU, the hottest team in the country, with my friend Brooks Cabina from the uh, the Advocate, also uh, NOLA News. As uh, they they sort of combined uh, forces down there. Of course, I like Brooks because you know he's a he's a big Longhorn, much like my buddy Tyler Hork is. Is Texas back? That's the first question. No, they're
2: no. not back. And two, I kind of we'll go along with this part of it, only that I'm a graduate. I am nowhere near like someone that's that invested in that team. You, man, you should have said, like, LSU, whenever they went to Texas, I was getting it both ways. I was like, your favorite toward LSU. Oh, your favorite to Texas. And I was like, man, I picked LSU to beat Texas because I knew they would. Texas, they're Yeah, they're second. I mean, you saw them get lit up against Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Uh, Caden Stearns was out in that game. But, I mean, Texas is still, uh, I think, a year away from being the team that it needs to be uh, and, and contending in the Big 12. I mean, they're they're certainly talented this year. I think they're, they're kind of on the verge of that. Um, but, no, I, I don't think they're quite there yet okay. at, at all. And I, you could kind of tell on the stage last year when they beat George and Tom Herman and rolled his eyes and Sam Ellinger said, we're back. Yeah. Yeah. They're not back, and okay. it's clear they're not. I'll remember this. All right.
0: Uh, LSU, I th- are you on the same bandwagon with me that, Prior to the season, when Orgeron's talking about they're going to change the offense and they're going to spread it out and we're going to throw the ball a whole time, were you sort of on the whole wait? I'm going to wait and see on that bandwagon that I was on.
2: I think uh, you know it was certainly the question because um, I mean now if you look at the statistics. M- everyone outside of Florida is outside the top 50 in scoring defense that LSU has played. So yeah, going into that game, I'm like, alright, well, what's what's this LSU offense going to do? And within the first three drives, it looked human for a little bit. They didn't score on the first, which was the first time all year that LSU hadn't done that on the first drive. And then, you know, the second drive was two plays and scores. So like, okay, man, this is interesting. But the third time, they went three and out. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, two out of three, go to Florida. Let's, this, let's see how this thing goes. But I think that's whenever you saw LSU become a complete team. Uh, The defense had a lot of questions going into that game as well, um, and they were getting a lot of players back. Um, The only way that I think LSU's defense is going to perform well is by having good depth, and they didn't have that in the first five games. Uh, when Against Texas, Caleb Chason, their best pass rusher, was was banged up. So were their two defensive ends, uh, Richard Lawrence and Glenn Logan. Neither of those guys played until they returned against Florida, and they were still a little banged up and were playing through a little bit of pain. So you saw them rotate into that game. Uh, I counted out of the ten Florida drives on Saturday, LSU used seven different combinations of players in their front against Florida, and that was the difference. They, they were able to get stops when they needed stops and give the strength back to the LSU offense, and then you saw LSU's offense work again. And I think one of the main things that you saw uh, from the offensive flow was um, the run-pass option working toward the run. Um, I was talking to Lloyd Cushenberry, the starting center for LSU, earlier this week, and he's saying like he could see linebackers hesitate, not knowing whether the play is going to develop into a pass or a run which gives them a heck of an advantage. They're already down the field and blocking, and if you were watching that game, you saw some of the holes that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had on his run. Uh, so that really worked out, and then whenever that works out, it opens up the pass, and as the game went on, LSU's offense flowed very well. And Joe Burrow quietly, quietly through 21-24. to 24. He had just as many incompletions as he did touchdowns. So... Uh, Any questions of whether this LSU offense can go up against a good defense and do well um, were kind of answered there. And there are the caveats. You know, um, Florida's uh, best pass rusher, John Greenard, was out after the second drive, and Jabari Zuniga, the defensive end, who's just a monster, uh, he played most of this game banged up, but he left by the third quarter, and that time it was 28-28. So, you know, I still think Florida's defense is very talented even without those guys, especially in the secondary, and Burrow didn't throw an interception. They didn't have a single fumble. They played very clean against a very talented defense, and I think uh, that scares a lot of teams in the SEC right now. Joe Burrow is a quarterback that,
0: I'll be honest with you, I was not impressed with him a season ago, and I, I was very adamant in this offseason about how I was like, I, I'm just not that impressed with him. I am impressed with Joe Burrow now. I'm surprised at how good he is. Are you surprised at how good he's been?
2: No, I mean, well, why would you have been, uh, you know, impressed with him last year? I mean, he's playing in a different, completely different system, where last year he was they didn't really know what they were. They kept shifting over and between games, and they had an offensive line that was rotating and didn't have a consistent starting line until week six against Georgia. And they wanted to go fastball, and then change that up, and then wanted to run the ball, and then they tried to go spread at the end. Like they they were adapting so much. They were the chameleon of offenses last year, and Joe Burrow um, honestly proved that he had command through all of that because he wasn't. The coaches say that he was, wasn't was phased throughout, that he was able to adapt. They gave him more responsibility on the field to make checks and calls, and that's something that they were talking about all last year. So, I mean, I, I remember whenever they were talking about the Saints coming in last summer, and uh, they trade information and they give each other presentations, and the guy who gave the presentation last year was Joe Brady, and he impressed the socks out of these guys at LSU, and whenever they left, uh, he was talking to the other Saints coach, and they said, Joe, um, I think you won yourself a job, Um, and sure enough, you know, in January, whenever um, um, they had Jerry Sullivan, the former wide receiver coach, passing game coordinator, retire, um, you know, that was the first call. They brought in the guy, and they knew that Joe Burrow was smart enough. Had the system uh, uh, deal before last year, Uh, I mean, before uh, when he was in high school, and then Ohio State. He's been running the RPO system uh, his whole life, And and I think I got a sense of how good he could be in this. Whenever I did my project story for the very beginning of the season, we do a, a yearly magazine story to start start the year, and mine was on Joe Burrow, and just talking to his high school coach, his teammates, former coaches at Ohio State and other things, and just people that know about Joe Burrow, they knew there's um, just all the stories that I heard about how smart he was and how adaptable he was and the kind of calls he was making on the field. And, and adjusting on the fly in the run-pass option system, it's like, yeah, I mean, with him and Joe Brady paired together, that thing's going to work. Did I think he was going to be Heisman-worthy? I don't know. And I, I needed to see, and I still think we still need to see how he does against uh, future teams, like how's he going to duel against Tua Tagovailoa against Alabama in a few weeks? How's that going to go? But uh, as far as as uh, as far as this went, uh, I mean, just being close by it, you was sure expected to improve, and it certainly has.
0: When I think about LSU offense, obviously, you know, for years past, i thought about the running game. And this year, the running game is is pedestrian, the right word. I don't know if that's the case or not. But I thought Saturday night. This was, year? This year, I mean, it hasn't been. Maybe it's just because there's not a Fournette, a Darius Geist, like that big-time tailback that's back there. But I thought Edward Solaire had a, a really good game against Florida, sort of a breakout game. Are we about to see a, a little bit more of the running component? Are they about to become better offensively because they're going to start doing a little bit more on the ground?
2: I think we're starting to see the run pass option play out in game plans in different games. I mean, we've gone through six games here. In the very beginning, it was mostly pass, 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 because that's what the game called for. Um, I don't think it was until Utah State that it really became part of the run. Um, So Utah State was one of those offenses that was even faster than LSU. I did some numbers, and they were were scoring at a higher rate and a higher pace than LSU was uh, as far as time of possession. So part of the game plan for that was to eliminate the amount of possessions Utah State had and that meant running the football. Against Texas, the game plan was completely different where, you know, Sam Ellinger is a passing quarterback, you know, they had the same kind of spread deal and you had to outscore him. You had to score in every single drive. Ed Ogeron said that a couple of weeks ago, right before the Vanderbilt game. He was like, I felt we needed to score on every drive against Texas. So you're gonna lean on on, on Burrow and, uh, and 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 get Get that. Uh, try and keep up with Sam Ellinger on the other side. So, I, I think you've seen them have success in the run game whenever they've gone to it. No, I don't think Clyde edwards D. is a Leonard Fournette, but Jesus, who is? You know, um, but in the system that he's had right now, um, yeah, the old he had a, some good wide open holes on Saturday and was able to make uh, some guys miss with some terrific juke moves. Uh, you know, the, the breakaway speed is is. Uh, I, I think I think he's got some of that there. Um, you know, but uh, he, I think I think he's I think he's good in this system, and they like to run him in the spread. I, I think he's uh, still making up for some things and needs to prove some things as a as a as a catcher yet uh, as a pass uh, passing guy. They wanted to use him a lot like Alvin Kamara, and that hasn't really played out on the field just yet. But um, I, I do think as the, as the year goes on, you've seen LSU go both dedicate to the run and the pass in different uh, aspects of the of the game, just depending on what 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 looks they're going to get.
0: Defensively with LSU, again, you know, when people talk about LSU football, I always think about the running game and the defense. And obviously it's a talented defense. They may have the best secondary in the country. But it hasn't been the, the same dominant, out-of-the-gate defense you've seen in the past from LSU. What's different about this LSU defense this year? Uh,
2: the difference, I mean, so you bring up an interesting deal. It's, this is something that's being talked about all the time um, on the beat, outside, just people talking about this LSU team, uh, all this offense, what's going on with this defense. Um I remember in SEC media days, uh, you know, Ed Ogeron said this was the best secondary he's ever been around as a coach, and it's kind of weird to reflect on that whenever Texas hangs about 300 plus passing yards on it and 38 points. Um, but that's that's kind of the product of this team in some capacity. Whenever the defense has uh, less time in between drives to recover. Um, but I also think, uh, you know, it had to do with some of the injuries we talked about a little bit, uh, the depth on the defensive line. Rashard Lawrence and Glenn Logan have been out. Uh, whenever they came back against Florida, they were able to get their stops, uh, but Kyle Trask had a heck of a game. I mean, him, he was connecting with that tight end, Kyle Pitts, who played probably his best game of his career, um, and they were they were, be, were they were being able to connect passes over the middle of the field. And... Um, They were even going after Derek Stingley, who made the midseason All-America team as a true freshman. Trask was throwing these back-shoulder throws in one-on-one against Stingley and and completing them. So I don't know if it's just that players are playing, because those are difficult throws. And I I don't know if it just means that uh, quarterbacks are playing it to their elite level when they're playing against... Uh, lSU's defense or if that means that they are struggling in, indeed but i think I think we did see grant Belpit start returning to his 2018 ways when he was unanimous all american there were a couple of plays last uh, on friday uh, on Saturday where he almost had an interception almost uh, got another pick and he was he was uh you know playing more reactionary uh, to his instincts that really made him special last year and uh, if you look at the film again he was he was being brought down more towards the line of scrimmage and uh, they were using Jacoby Stevens, the other safety, more, um, more as the free, and that's generally where Delpit had been playing before. And I think they're letting him uh, go back to what his what his schemes were last year. So um, I think I think it has it's a mix of a lot of things. I don't think they played up to their level, but a, a mix of injuries and uh, the, the pace of the offense and just players starting to uh, being rotated back into their schemes. I think is is all kind of part of it.
0: I don't know how much you've watched of Mississippi State this year, but defensively the Bulldogs have just not been good. You knew they were going to take a step back after losing the kind of talent they had uh, a season ago. But you, Auburn, who has not been a good passing team, went for 350-plus passing yards. That, that is a huge red flag for me coming into this game. If I put you in the coach's booth over there wearing maroon and white, what are you going to do to try to slow down this LSU offense?
2: <laughs> I, um you know, it's an interesting question. I haven't really thought of that. Um, it's kind of why I'm on this end and not in the coaching booth. <laughs> but I, I would you, – you you understand that they're going to – I think Joe Moorhead definitely understands what Joe Brady's going to do. I mean, that was his mentor. He's the guy who came up to run pass option Offense over in Fordham on his end. And <laughs> when he was at Penn State, taught Joe Brady. So I think if I was trying to stop myself um, – I mean, we, we mentioned it. I think Clyde Edwards-Healey is is good, but not a Leonard Fournette. I think you would probably try and uh, try and take away the, the the passing game in some capacity. But the difficult thing there is is that Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and uh, you know the others that they have are. I mean, who you're going to pick? Who you're going to slow down? So you got to pick your poison. Try and get them to commit to the run game. Um, but that's what Florida was going to do, and they had 100 yards on five carries. So. Um, I mean, you, you have to find a way to, to make Joe Burrow um, get into pressure. I mean, he hasn't thrown many picks. He was 21-24. you got to give him less time, but he's getting rid of the ball quicker. I think that's the answer everybody's trying to figure out right now, and I'm definitely not qualified to come up with that.
0: Let's see what happens in, on, on Saturday night. One last question here uh, before we go. This LSU team, obviously, you sort of mentioned it, you know, the duel that's coming with Alabama. Who's winning that game right now? If you had to pick, is this the national championship team you're covering?
2: LSU, Alabama. Um, well, for my personal poll, I'm a voter in the AP Top 25, and I have LSU above Alabama. Mm-hmm. I think they have I think they have shown themselves to be the better team so far. They've beaten the better teams, and their offense has been shown to be historic. I think Joe Burrow is. Uh, at the end of the day the best quarterback in the league right now and he's playing at that level and not only that he, they have leadership on this team they have been able to come back from being down in the second half to florida and score 21 unanswered there's grit on this team there's all these things that you know ed ogeron himself is recognizing uh from championship teams past that he's been on um and you know there's another guy that's kind of hidden out of sight uh, he's a consultant to LSU. Uh, John Robinson, the Hall of Famer uh, uh, coach from USC in the early 90s, uh, you know he, he kind of talks with Ed Ozron every Monday, and it's just like he's pointing out these little things like, yes, I recognize this. Yes, this is here. Um, yeah, I do, I do think LSU has a chance to be a championship team, and I think they do beat Alabama in the sense because I think the offense is functioning better. I think Alabama's defense is not what it was last year, especially with the absence of Dylan Moses at linebacker. I think they're able to be able uh, to uh, to counter them and score points and, and then go there. I think Dave Aranda, as a defensive coordinator these past couple of years, has performed, uh, has gotten his defense to perform well against Alabama early, and it's just the lack of offense that kept them from being in the game. Uh, so I think they do have that difference this year, and uh, it'll be interesting to see for sure on, come November 9th, but uh, I, I do think LSU has the edge right now.
0: Well, that's state's bye week, so if you need like an extra guy to help you, just let me know. I'll come over. Just give me credentialed, and <laughs> I'll sit right by you. No problem. Uh,
2: yeah, I got. I, I think I got enough change in my pocket. How much do you work for? <laughs>
0: <laughs> man, I'll work. I'll work for the pregame meal just to be in the stadium when that game's going on. To be totally honest with you. So, all right, Brooks Cabina. You can follow him on Twitter at b cabina k u b e n a. If you want to keep up with the Tigers uh, this weekend, going forward in the season, man. Thanks a lot for joining me. I'll see you on Saturday.
2: Hey, no worries, Brian.
0: See them. All right, thanks to Brooks. Appreciate his time. He's obviously very high on this Tiger team as well. He should be. This is a really, really good uh, football team, and we're going to see how far uh, the season goes for them. All right, Joel, I'm going to put you on the clock here. What do you got? Who are your who's your offensive playmaker for this game?
1: First, well, it's not his first start, but his first start at being at the the top of the depth chart. I mean, all eyes are on Garrett Trader this week. For for me, he's the if State's going to win this game. It, he's going to have to have a big day uh, with his legs. You know, he's going to have to – I think that his legs and Kylan's legs are, are the key to State having a chance. But for their legs to have a chance, Garrett's going to have to pass the ball a little bit too to to just keep LSU honest and keep, keep them from loading up the box and everything else. Um, so, I mean, Garrett's the key. Uh, he's the quarterback, so it shouldn't come as too big a surprise. But, but, but to me, it all goes to Garrett offensively. If, if he can – if he can keep LSU honest enough with his with his arm, I think he and Kylan can can create some opportunities with their legs, and we've seen teams put up points on LSU. I, I don't think it would be a total, complete shock if State is able to – I mean, look, if Andy can have success off- offensively against this team, st- then State can. I mean, it's as simple as that. There is not gonna, going to be at least a little bit of an opportunity there, but I think that the the, the linchpin of the whole thing is Garrett Trader.
0: All right, what about defensively?
1: Oh, de- defensively, I mean, I'll go – I'm going to say Dantzler because, I mean, Joe Burrow's going to test you through the air. If Dantzler can have a big game, if Dantzler can get a pick or two, if Dantzler can, you know, lock his side of the field down a little bit, make Dantzler Island a no-fly zone over there a mm-hmm. little bit, I mean, I ain't going to say that leads to to a win, but if you're gonna if you're going to win, that's got to be part of it. And uh, so I, I think that Dantzler and, and really, I mean, the secondary as a whole, whether you want to go Smetherman or whoever, I mean, if they could somehow have the game of their life here mm-hmm. and limit Joe Burrow or, or pick him off a, a couple times, and I, I think that, that, like you said, things have to go wrong for LSU, and turnovers are where things generally in a football game give starts. you a chance. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the guys that are out there trying to defend these Joe Burrow
0: passes. All right. Who's your X factor?
1: Uh, X factor uh, – <laughs> I'll say Chauncey Rivers. Okay. Um, just because, like I said, I think you got to get after Joe Burrow. And so, I mean, I could have went with anybody, I guess, uh, any of the ends. But I just think that you have to, to get after him and make him uncomfortable. And so I think if Chauncey can get to him a couple times and uh, maybe, maybe just get in his ear a little bit, you know, just just get close. Make, make him make a bad throw or something, then then that goes a long way too. So I, I'll, I'll go with, with Chauncey. Um, but again, it could have been any uh, either of the ends, or maybe even you know Brian Cole or somebody coming in on a blitz or something. Who knows? But I'll go with Chauncey.
0: All right. And then what's your prediction?
1: LSU's winning this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's question is how much. And honestly, I think it's going to be about a lot. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I do think that State will have some offensive life because. Really Garrett Schrader, every time he's been on the field's given State a little offensive line. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's gone out there. I mean, he he wasn't clicking on all cylinders in, in Knoxville, but State still got in the end zone, you know, they he he's kind of, you know, given give, giving State a, a shot in the arm every time he's been out there, so I don't think it'll be all that much different. And like I said, Vandy scored on him, so I think State's gonna score some points. Um how many? I, I, I I'm hesitant to to say they're going to have a big offensive showing, though, right? Um, but I think that they will at least score some points, and they will score more than the three they got a year ago. So I'm going to say I'm going to give LSU 52. I guess State 17.
0: Oh, it's a lot of points. Yeah, for State. <laughs> we will see how that goes. All right. Do you, about-
1: th- do you think I'm kind of in your ballpark there?
0: You're you're near it. You're you're not. You're a couple streets down. So my prediction will be on tomorrow's show, obviously, uh, when we have uh, the This Is Our Show reunion. Before we go, I do want to talk about some, uh, some baseball, and this segment's going to be brought to you by our good friends over at the College Corner. Check them out online at collegecornerstore.com, or visit either one of their two locations. we got Ridgeland near Fleet Feet or over by Half Shell in Flowood, and get the check from the largest selection of MSU merchandise in central Mississippi. Don't waste your time this weekend coming to Starkville and, 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 and looking and standing in line at, at one of the stores trying to buy the, the stuff. Get it on before you get up here. Check them out right now. And of course, use the promo code Thunder when you shop online, or just mention the Thunder and Lightning Podcast when you buy at the store, and they'll take 15% off your purchase. So, again, College Corner over by Fleet Feet in Ridgeland or at the Half Shell by the Half Shell uh, in Flowood or shop online collegecornerstore.com. This is a good baseball schedule. Yeah, it is. Obviously, the first thing that stands out to you is this three-game set with Oregon State. Mississippi State welcoming the Beavers uh, to, uh, to Starkville, uh, February 21st through the 23rd. I assume that means that next year State will be in Corvallis as well. Probably can make that assumption. Um, but even before that, Wright State, the opening weekend of the se- season, that's a team Ole Miss opened with them last year and lost the game. Mm-hmm. Wright State also beat Oklahoma State in non-conference play. They won 42 games. They were just in a one-bid league and did not win their, uh, their tournament. But they're a good baseball program. Samford, we know for a fact, that's been a good baseball program to the years. That's your first midweek game. Oregon State. Long Beach State, a trip out west. Now, Long Beach State used to be a really good baseball program. They fall on some hard times. but Hard times. Hard times, if you will. Uh, But that said, three true road games, if you get wins there, those are RPI boosters of the the highest order. Southern Miss down in Pearl, so no series with USM this year, but you will return to uh, to Jackson to play them. Quinnipiac made the NCAA tournament last year. They were one of the last teams to get in. They won their conference tournament. But then they went to the Greenville Regional and won game one against East Carolina. So not a terrible team. And then SEC play, wow, what a start. Arkansas at home and then at LSU is your first two series. Uh, Kentucky at home, travel to Auburn. We've already talked about Super Bowl Dog weekend, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Easter weekend series against Ole Miss. Trip to Columbia, South Carolina, first time out there in a couple of years. A&M at home, uh, that's sandwiched around the, uh, the Governor's Cup. Alabama on the road. Southern comes back to Starkville. Of course, they were in the regional here a season ago. They, they will probably once again be the top team in the SWAC. Missouri comes to Starkville for the first time since I don't remember when. When's the last time Missouri was here? I don't, I don't remember off the top of my know. head. Uh, North alabama that is I a, know state played them though because you remember Jake Mangum sat yeah, here, talking and about, yeah, talking about Tanner Hall. That was at Missouri though. Uh, North Alabama is your final uh, midweek game of the year. That is a team that you remember last year beat Ole Miss, and then what a way to finish the season at Nashville, at Vanderbilt for three games. That is a. <laughs> All right, obviously, there's no easy days in the SEC, but boy, you talk about you want to go into the SEC tournament and the postseason with a little momentum. Okay, here we go. So, Friday night, in the, I'm sorry, Thursday night in Nashville, probably looking at JT Ginn versus Kumar Rocker, two potential first round picks. That's a heck of a schedule. Yeah. A lot of good stuff on there. Who does state miss? They miss Georgia. They miss Georgia, Florida, and somebody else. Is that it? Georgia and Florida, they, they should miss one more, right? They should right? miss one more. Uh, Tennessee. Yep. So no no favors really. Oh, Georgia and Florida are going to be good this year, though. Florida is an interesting team to me because they were so young last year. All those guys are back. They should be really good this season. Yeah. Georgia brings back uh, Harrison Hancock. Is that his name? I think that's right. Yeah, who should be with Rocker and Ginn and a few other guys. You know, Nikhazy maybe as the top pitchers in the league this year. Yeah. Um, Kentucky is an interesting th- series because this is sort of the make or break year for Menjione. That program has trended downward under his watch, and now he's got to find a way to get back in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Auburn, you, know, you got a rematch from the College World Series, and that'll be uh, over there on the plains. South Alabama playing in here. You know they're, they are a year in, year out pretty good team. Um, I mean this, this is a schedule designed to if you win a lot more than you lose, you're going to host. Mm-hmm. So, did you see the? The first two weekends of baseball in this state are incredible, by the way. Ole Miss at Louisville in Oxford week one, and then Mississippi State-Oregon State week two, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, thanks for the content is what Michael Borkey tweeted. And he's, <laughs> yeah. he's right. We have plenty to talk about baseball. And, of course, basketball will be starting to heat up into postseason play there. It's a great schedule. It really yeah? is. It really is. It really I mean, really there, is. You know, so many times in the past you talked about MSU baseball schedules, and they're like, oh, they're just so – You know, they, they were designed to start off 14-0, 15-0. I mean, state could take some losses here. I mean, I don't think there's any way they're sweeping Oregon State. That seems, I mean, if they do that, that's a huge statement, obviously. You know, they could go out to Long Beach and, and drop one, maybe drop a couple. They could drop one to Wright State. But those are going to end up being quality losses that don't kill your RPI. You know? And then how many of those those bomb games do they have? They play Texas Southern and Allcorn State. They play North Alabama at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah, and that 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 loss almost single handedly derailed Ole misses season last year. You know, it, it, if if they had not hosted by getting hot there at the SEC tournament, you could have probably circled that loss. So, but that said, you know, by that point in the year, I mean your next three games are at Vanderbilt, who should be number one in the nation. <laughs> so it should it won't kill you too much. But you don't play Valley, you don't play Jackson State, so you've only got you know, you've got two SWAC games, and then you got really one more. But Southern is a team that. People respect at least. So, this is a quality, quality schedule. You know, and they're, they're, Louisiana Tech, by the way, also on the schedule. Yeah, they're a good team here. And they're, oh, they're playing two games down in Biloxi. Yeah, Louisiana Tech's in Biloxi. Biloxi and Nichols State down there. So they're playing back to back nights in Biloxi.
1: Wasn't Nichols State, the team that came here a few years ago and like bolted because it was supposed was, to snow or something? Was that
0: Northwestern and, State?
1: I can't remember. The, I wanted to the say it was, I wanted to say it was Nichols, but I may be wrong. I could be
0: wrong. Yeah. So. there, there shouldn't like, be any snow down on the coast of no, 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 March 10th
1: <laughs> left because was gonna snow and like there was nothing on the field
0: it snowed no 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 get me wrong it snowed the night before yeah I'll never forget that because like I drove past Duty noble on my way to work and it was completely covered in snow and when I came back around two o'clock it was there was not there was not any snow <laughs> so yeah it just it happened so I'm
1: almost certain that was Nichols, but I may be
0: wrong yeah you're probably right and does it but you know what it doesn't matter what their name is. <laughs> All right. Good baseball schedule, though. This is, this is a, a schedule of a team that if, if they win the games they should win, they're going to host yet again. And probably be in a good position to be a national seed and host the Super Regional. Good well.
1: instinct. Here we sit October. I think you've already said the answer to we're this. Book, I'm, I'm going
0: back to Omaha. Okay. That's what we I was going to ask you. Are, are you we, and I are going are back to, to Omaha. Are we eating at
1: Big Mama's Fried Chicken we're sometime Big Mama's. in June?
0: We're eating at Omaha Chop House. Uh, we're eating at uh, – what was the other place we ate that we liked? that we really liked
1: Ah, uh, the uh oh that sandwich place was really good too that you know i can't remember the name of it but we sandwich. were talking about that the other day or the hamburger place
0: hamburger place yeah, yeah the garage sandwich. yeah there it was yeah yeah and of course brunch at spevia that's, oh, that, that's... all that all those things are going to happen for us in the month of june i'm just i'm i'm, I'm making that prediction right now i'm on, i'm on the record back in omaha <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go so far to say national champions because I got to see. I got to see more. That'd
1: more. be three straight Omaha trips. Never happened.
0: Never happened in the history of the program. Yeah. So. It's the new standard. Jake Mangum told us that. That's right. And, and the guys and on this team, the sophomores, the the juniors now, they don't know anything else. That's right. So. Jake
1: Mangum also said that state's winning two national titles this decade. The, were so. you
0: there? We told Lamonis that. Yeah. His, his response was, "God. <laughs> no pressure." <laughs> did he
1: say something like, "Now I got to tell him he's got to hit 400." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Now you got to hit 400."
0: So. Alright guys, Joel not here tomorrow uh, We'll do the uh, This Is Our Show LSU Tradition Week Also Peter Burns of the SEC Network is joining us In the return, the once a year return of The People's Segment uh, And of course we will have all of that for you tomorrow Enjoy the rest of your Thursday For Joel T. Coleman Woo! He'll be back with you on Monday morning For the things that are true Yeah, there's going to be some of those I can promise you that uh, I'm Brian Haydad, thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning On Super Supertalk Mississippi